0: Ever,
1: I can tell you. That, <laughs> We're putting our hands on passes and balls and receivers. Uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, well I don't get
0: rain, day ain't cold. No good <laughs> he I missed, missed it! it. He missed it. <laughs> Drop it on my feet next time. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Soda City Sit Down. It is a huge week, episode number seventy. Uh, a huge week, but uh, I guess a, a not huge week at the same time. It's uh, only me and Clayton tonight. It's two so, uh, man
1: podcast for today.
0: Yeah, this will be a this will be an interesting one. But we'll we'll get a lot of a lot of time to talk about. Is this the, the least members we've, we've had week? on
1: a podcast so far? Gotta be.
0: Yeah, there's no way we've had a two person one. But I, I think it could be it could be pretty interesting. It could be a little twist. We'll we'll definitely get to voice our opinions, which you know, in a six person chat and as as it sometimes got up to like it, it's good, it it could be interesting in some ways and and definitely harder in Hectic some other ways but, in the, but, in but yeah many absolutely other ways. um if you're new here on social media we are at soda city sit down on both twitter and instagram uh, we're also hosted through anchor so that basically puts us on apple Podcasts spotify Pretty much anywhere where you could find your your other podcasts that you may listen to. So, uh, if you don't mind, give us a follow on those social media platforms, on those uh, those podcast providers. Um, on Apple, I know it helps us a lot if uh, we we could get any reviews. So, those five star reviews help us a lot. We've got a, a decent number, but any any number helps. We uh, we recently got listed on a uh, South Carolina podcasts list. Um, introduced on that list somewhere around i guess seventh on uh on a top 10 list of gamecock podcasts so i know it's not all inclusive i don't know if i've, I've seen a, a like basically every gamecock podcast on there but that's a big big uh big thing for us on uh i believe it the site's called feed spot so um if you go on there you can see us hopefully we'll be moving up with uh with with more episodes with more followers and uh those reviews again help us a lot so um Past that, it's, uh, it's me and Clayton. Clayton, how are you doing tonight? You know, just uh, really taking a hard look at
1: the Panthers draft class. Picked up multiple Gamecocks. So uh, this whole narrative that other people <clears throat> have been trying to say that the Panthers are a Clemson-favored team. Uh, that narrative's looking pretty bad recently.
0: Well, you'll you'll have your chance to be a homer here coming up in a second. Um, and then I, I'm here tonight. I, I've got a dog. That's, that's pretty new. So that, that's exciting. He's a, he's a little eight-week puppy. Well, I guess he's nine weeks now, That I've had him for a week. Um, he, he likes to chew on stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much it. He's just a puppy, a normal puppy. <laughs> we bought him a little uh, Adidas tracksuit this week. He's a tiny so. puppy, too. Yeah, he's, he's a little boy. He's four pounds. So that's, it's been an exciting week in this household uh, just graduated from USC for a second time. By the time this comes out, uh, with my graduate degree, so that that's another another big thing. I'm another I'm, a, I'm a double alumni. Does that mean I, I put two hands up for the alma mater now? Uh, now that that thing? just looks dumb. Yeah, I'm doing it here in my room by myself, and it's just like, I'm double fisting.
1: <laughs> That's one way to look at it.
0: I'm going to do that this year. Why not? I gave the school enough of my money that they'll just have to deal with me. But yeah, it's it's definitely a, a weird time. You know, this weekend, we had a big Gamecock baseball series that didn't go super well. Uh, we had some big recruiting updates, and we'll we'll get to all that, but... I I'm not gonna lie I think when I say this it, it kind of goes along with everyone else within the group my eyes were a hundred percent on the NFL draft particularly on the, the first round on Thursday night and then looking for the Gamecocks to go after that I don't know about you but I thought it was awesome
1: I mean yeah of course I I always keep an eye on where the Gamecocks are going to get drafted and uh in the Panthers of course for me this year was particularly interesting because of you know we had a a first round draft pick or someone that we knew was going to go in the first round. And so kind of seeing where they, those all fall into place is always kind of interesting. I think Hayden Hurst was the last one. That was what, two or three years ago. Hurst
0: Uh, and it was Kinlaw. Oh, you're right. Kinlaw was
1: last year and he was a first rounder. Um, So, I mean, we've been producing a lot of first round draft picks. I guess that's one thing you can always say about Muschamp is he produced high, uh, a lot of talent and high high round draft pick talent. Too bad we didn't really use it very well. But you know, tracking them uh, or all the Gamecocks in the NFL is always a, a big thing that, you know, not only we like to do, but but other places like the Big Spur really love to track that. And it's always great to see Gamecocks have success. And so really the start of that is the NFL draft and uh you know a lot of people pay a lot of attention to You know, number of drafts you've had, number of draft picks you've had, number of first-round draft picks you have. I think that is somewhat indicative of how successful your team is in college. But I don't know. There's a lot of stats like that that you know South Carolina is pretty low on a lot of those lists. I don't think are always that telling. But uh, we're definitely moving up in those categories as of recently.
0: Yeah, they can be skewed too because there can be like a I guess years where you're a young team and like for example, Texas A&M and South Carolina had the same number of draft picks and A&M went what nine and one in the regular season last year and we went two and eight so like it doesn't always prove to be indicative of how a team fares. I think coaching is a big aspect of that, but also A&M was a, a pretty young team last year. Uh, but you know things like that. I. I think we ended up with our four picks we were like middle of the pack in the sec you had teams like alabama and georgia with nine and ten so i didn't alabama have like six in the first round yep they had six which, first like, round
1: draft picks they broke the record
0: which like i think they also had a guy another guy that that went immediately after the first round too that could have been the record again so i Stuff like that, it's it makes you you think like how the hell are we gonna compete with that? Thankfully, we're in the East, but like there's still Georgia there, and you know Georgia's recruiting class being what it is every year is is definitely gonna be tough. But uh, I thought it all things considered, when you look at it, is it a pretty successful draft for South Carolina. Um, if we would just want to run it down, obviously the first round is definitely the most interesting part of the draft. Um, it was a, it was a fun night and to my surprise and i imagine yours as well jc horn going number 8 the first cornerback taken the first, Not defensive, first player defensive player, taken player. Yeah. overall and to the hometown panthers i guess you can call them hometown it's like close enough right
1: yeah i'd definitely say there's i mean there's a lot of falcons fans around too but uh charlotte is definitely is the closest city to columbia at least so i would definitely say that uh the panthers are the hometown uh, team, they definitely like to market themselves as the Carolina Panthers, not like right, the Charlotte right. Panthers or the North Carolina Panthers. They like to include both the states. And
0: yeah, uh, what was your uh, raw, like unfiltered, just reaction to this pick? Like without even thinking about it, when you heard the name, like I, I can imagine it was like, like you know the Panthers and what they need and what you wanted them to get. Obviously, I know you wanted Penny Sewell, and there was actually a chance for a second when the Bengals didn't take him, that y'all were going to get him. And then, you know, heartbreak when he goes one pick before the Panthers pick. And then just in that moment, when you heard Horn, who's a Gamecock, to your team, the Panthers, like, what what did that, like, what was the thought there?
1: So I was really disappointed that Sewell got drafted by the Lions. I really, after he got past the Bengals and the Dolphins, I really thought that he was going to be a Panther. And that's... Uh, I was super excited for that. And then kind of having that taken away one pick before really sucked. So I was really not sure what the Panthers were going to do after that, because they had a lot of guys that they, they could have taken, they could have taken fields. They could have taken Slater. They could have taken certain. They could have taken they had a, They had a number of, of picks that they, they were looking at and kind of some late uh, round or late later day traction started uh, getting picked up for JC to, to the Panthers. And I thought it was interesting, but I did not think that they would take him at eight. I thought that was kind of like, hey, Ho- or Fields was going to be available. Someone would trade up to eight. The Panthers would take J.C. Horn, you know, you know, like 10 yeah, to 12. Yeah, like
0: a trade trade down scenario. I thought that was like definitely something that could happen. Yeah, I thought if, if the Panthers traded
1: down, it was to get J.C. Horn. Um, But they took like nine, 10 minutes, almost a whole time within this first pick. And they locked it in. They didn't trade it. And when they announced Horn, I was I was pretty shocked. I did not think that they would take it. Like my instant reaction was just like, "What? Like really?" Yeah, I, I totally did. Didn't, I did not, did not expect not see that.
0: that happening. I didn't even like. I, I think I was on a delay on the stream I was watching compared to what y'all were on, and everyone was freaking out and about the Panthers' pick, and I was like, "What? Like, what could be so like crazy about their pick?" It just totally lapsed my mind that that could happen. So, yeah, but and then like really after the initial
1: shock, I finally like settled down and started thinking about it. And I was like, this makes a lot of sense. The Panthers do not have a number 1 cornerback. They their defense was severely lacking and JC Horn coming out, super athletic guy. He we saw it all year. He had lockdown defense the whole time. He didn't have a lot of picks. He only had 2 and they were both against Auburn. But that's kind of just because People didn't throw his way most of the time. He pretty much locked down every single person he faced, and he faced the laundry list of first-round draft picks.
0: Like, Yeah, I, th- I think he really did himself favors leading up to, I mean, really just this whole season itself, and then when you think specifically about everything after the season was over in the lead-up, his numbers in the 40, his metrics on in, in uh, all the pre-draft stuff, like... He, he did himself a lot of favors to get up to, like, I would never have imagined that going into this year that JC Horn would end up being the first, def, like, the, this is effectively makes him, like, I, I guess, like, the best defensive player from this class. It's, it's crazy to think about.
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually insane. And when you look at, like, his combine, num- well, there wasn't a combine, but you look at his, his pro day numbers, and they were insane. Uh, there, there was this new thing going around this year that I hadn't really seen much, but it was like athleticism score. And it's, uh, basically a score from like zero to 10 based off of like all of their pro day or combine numbers. And you get a, get a score and you want to get a 10. If you're a 10, you're like an athletic, uh, you know, 0.001% guy. And JC Horn was like a 9.98. So I, and I didn't realize that until they started uh, a lot of the Panthers, people started covering it. And it was really a, a, a focus of the Panthers was, was to really get athletic guys. And so then it kind of made sense that they were really liking Horn. You know, when Coach Rule came down uh, multiple times to, to come see the facilities, come to the pro day, he was really, he talked about Horn even back then. So uh, the Panthers have had their eye on Horn for a long time. And I just think a lot of people hadn't noticed it. So it was super exciting for me. Uh, once that initial shock wore off just from him being that high and I'm super excited for, for JC. I'm definitely getting a JC Horn Jersey whenever he announces his number. And uh, I hope that he can prove to be deserving of the first defensive player of this draft and just be a lockdown guy for the Panthers
0: for many years to come. Yeah. And uh, Patrick Sertain went at number nine to be honest, with all the talk, I know we put out some polls and stuff. It's like, who should the number one corner end up being taken out of the draft? And, like, of course, I, I thought JC should be it. But I I really just thought the idea that he would go above Sertain, even if it made sense based on everything I know, I just felt like it wasn't going to happen. Like, that there, there's a reason. Like, Certain was a, a five-star cornerback, like, the top of that draft class. And he played for Alabama, who won the national championship. He was really good. And even if, if some signs pointed into Horn being a better overall player, like I just didn't think it was going to happen, and it did. So it's definitely like – I think that helps South Carolina a ton. Like when you consider that starting a, a little less than a month from now, official visits will start going into place. People will be able to visit the facilities and all that. Like just being done with this COVID dead period – and the fact that South Carolina is coming off the momentum of like a, a pretty good amount of buzz with a new coaching staff, getting a num the number one defensive player taken off the board in the NFL draft. I mean, we need to market the hell out of it. great signs. Yeah, of, and we I'm sure we are, and I I think you you might see June turn into like a crazy recruiting month. Not even just for us, but just like everywhere is going to be insane. Like imagine being those kids like you probably have like, especially the top recruits are probably going to so many different places, but for South Carolina specifically, I think it's so important under a new coaching staff that a a guy really gets to come and see what's building here. I mean, just the facilities are just like Matt rule said when he came among other people that have come and seen them. Like it's, it's awesome. It it really is. And I haven't had the chance to go through them, but just, driving around them, seeing what I've been able to see, being closely connected to the program. Like it, it's pretty sweet.
1: But yeah, JC Horn wasn't the only player taken. Ernest Jones in the third round to the Rams, he uh, was a second day guy. And so from a lot of the buzz really early on, I thought that was a pretty good place for him to get drafted. Uh, um, You know, we always knew Ernest Jones was a great player, uh, he didn't always get to showcase it as much as um, he maybe could have hoped, with you know a lot of other problems that were going on with our defense. But uh, I'm super happy for him. I, I really hope he can uh, get some starting, get a starting position, and and prove himself because he's a really good player.
0: Yeah, he really quarterbacked our our defense last year. He was the guy that you could tell was communicating the most. He was flying around the field, and I mean that is your job as the middle linebacker, but. The th- him being a third round pick when when he announced that he was going pro like I was happy for him and everything but I really didn't think that even though I knew he was talented enough I just really I'd seen South Carolina linebackers like Sky Moore comes to mind as a guy that like even like he appropriately went pro with like good draft grades and I don't even think he got drafted and and when Jones announced he was going I was like I just I don't know if he's gonna get drafted and then he did what he had it's to do just that off, Gamecock PTSD of just right getting no respect but like he has been really good even in like pretty limited like i think he only played really played like two years because i know his freshman year he only played like a couple games just enough to uh to avoid his red shirt but i mean he really was easily our best linebacker last year He, he was flying around everywhere and to get a third round pick is a huge win in my in my opinion for him that was um definitely awesome to see another guy go day two. Cause I know we had a, a couple other guys who was, there was like anywhere between that, that round three and round seven, you know, you've seen guys go from round three to all the way to undrafted, even with that high draft grade, it, it's kind of uncertain around there and it's mostly based on fit. And I'm just glad that the, the Rams saw Ernest Jones as a fit. And I think he'll hopefully have a, have a really good career there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then we've got, a. Uh... Shy Smith in the sixth round, again to the Panthers. Um, I have, like, mixed feelings about this because I don't think the Panthers really need to be taking wide receivers, and they drafted two of them. They drafted Terrence Marshall from LSU in the second round. So drafting another wide receiver in the sixth round, I'd be like, why are we doing this? But the only thing that makes me excited is because Shy Smith in the sixth round is a steal.
0: Absolutely. Like, he
1: is... So talented. He was the only receiver that the Gamecocks had. And I'm happy to see him on the Panthers. Uh, he's, I would imagine that he would be uh, you know, in the two deep for the receivers by the time everything shakes out for, for them. Just because I know he's so talented. And I know he will see the field. Uh, getting him in the sixth round for a Panthers steal. And I love it.
0: Yeah, I'm just I guess I'm thinking of all the the receivers the Panthers have. They lost Curtis Samuel, correct? They lost
1: Curtis Samuel and so basically the wide receiver lo- room for the Panthers looks like there's DJ Moore and there's Robbie Anderson, clear cut one and two guys. Then they also brought in David Moore from the Seahawks. Then they drafted drafted Terrence Marshall and they drafted Shy Smith. So those are kind of your five receivers that are really of anything notable there's a couple uh, more guys in there that uh, are I, I think the the sixth guy who's projected to make the roster is like Brandon Zilstra. I don't really know how you say his name but he's like some guy with like long hair from I, I forget where he's from but he hardly plays uh, so I think Shai Smith's looking to be around the fifth string guy so uh, I imagine he'll still get play time in the slot just because uh, I think he works out really well there and especially with the all the guys the panthers have i i think and the offensive system that joe brady runs i think shy will will see the field maybe not too much this year but i think in the future depending on if they let go of robbie anderson or how things shake out he he can definitely uh work his way up and see a lot of uh play time
0: he's not your typical sixth round pick either like when i imagine taking a receiver in the sixth round it's like a guy that May get cut, but may be good enough to to make the team. And it sounds it's it seems like he, he's a guy that's like pretty. Uh, there's probably a, a good amount of hype for him to to get real playing time this year. So I, I'm I'm really interested to see that. It's definitely like I think the biggest thing takeaway there is that the fact that he dropped to sixth round when it was kind of expected for him to be like a third round guy. Um, nothing's given, and I, I think there was just kind of some BS with uh with shy and and this whole attitude thing that people wanted to talk about we we talked about like him kind of jawing at people at and games but it that's just kind of like a it's almost like a player personality trait like he was always playing better when he was when he was talking and like that's just a thing like some people thrive in that kind of thing and some don't
1: like there's so many people that talk shit in the nfl Like, people are known for it. Like, Cam talks a lot of shit. Phillip Rivers is, like, notorious for it. Like, there's guys in the NFL that are like this and are successful. Like, I don't really get that argument. So, I mean, Edmund the Panthers got a steal, so it's fine with me.
0: And, like, you think about the guys from this draft class that got drafted when they opted out and didn't even play the whole, like, at all, like, completely opted out of the whole season. Then you think about guys with, like, histories of, of just getting in trouble and all that. And you, you don't really seem to see as much drop-off of those guys. I mean, Jamar Chase went fifth, and he didn't even play last year. So, like, talking about a guy who who plays with a lot of passion, in my mind, is kind of silly. But um, past that, Izzy McQuamu, the last Gamecock to go in the sixth round uh, to the Cowboys. I, I don't know if you saw that video of him getting drafted, but it, it was pretty sweet he definitely emotional um if there's anything we know about makwamu is that he is definitely his goal to to get drafted and go pro like that's his dream i'm sure it is most people's dreams but but it is definitely something that he'd always wanted to go after and you could you could tell he was pretty happy about that i i was i i saw really him tweeting unsure. like
1: during the draft um it was like the late the fifth round and i saw him tweet like Shire's really not off the board yet. Like what's going on? And it was funny he gets dra- drafted like a few minutes later and uh then he goes not much more after that. And you know, he uh I I think there's a uh, mixed feelings about Mukwamu in the pan- or in the the Gamecock fan base. Uh, a lot of people say like he's only a one game guy and you know, basically everything just uh was off of that Georgia game last year, which to an extent is kind of true, but also he did put in a lot of uh, good work for the Panth- Or God, i am talking so much about the Panthers. He did a lot of great work for the Gamecocks uh, in his tenure here, and the, the duo of, of him and Horn, I don't think the Panthers should... God damn. The, I don't think the Gamecocks fans should ever be upset with either Horn or Mukwamu. They gave it their all, and I think a lot of the, the problems came from scheme more than anything
0: yeah it's 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 kind of interesting so i if McQuamo ends up being a, a really good nfl prospect it's just like another fuck you must champ like goddamn i mean mcquamo has got the uh the size and some of those just aspects of his game that make him a I, i'd consider him a project personally but Definitely. in the sixth round and you know he's probably gonna play safety in the pros in the sixth round that's kind of what most of those guys are. So for me, I I think it's a good pick from the Cowboys. I, I think there's a chance he, he could, he could make some noise as a pro just because, I mean, he is huge. He's, he's got great hands and he's, he's got a real chance that if he develops certain parts of his game, uh, that and with NFL coaching staffs and everything, he's got a real good chance to, to make some noise. Um, Past that, undrafted free agents that got picked up by teams Cedarius Darius Hutcherson, who I really wanted to get drafted. Um, he was definitely our best O-lineman the last I think he year. probably should have been drafted. Yeah. The last I two haven't. years, really, I think he's been our, our best guy. But, you know, offensive line is it, – it's it's really – especially if you're not, like, a first-round guy, it's, it's tough to say where you go. And, like, I don't think anybody expected him to go anywhere but day three. And with day three – it's Day three just, is a crapshoot. It just dude. depends, right? Exactly. So, but I think to the Buccaneers, um, I, I think he'll he's he's got a lot of traits you like. I, I remember everyone always used to refer to him as like a freak athlete. I, that if that's what the Buck scheme goes for, I think he's got a good chance to compete for that spot. Um, past that, Colin Hill got picked up by the Bengals, which was memed a decent bit. Which you know, I, I get memes. But the slander is kind of where it just... To me, it does Like, the guy with two ACL surgeries went pro, and he gave the best he had for a Gamecock team that was just... He, he was never put in a position to be successful here. And whether or not he was worth get being given a free agent spot in some people's minds, I feel like there's nothing but like good words coming from me personally to him. Like... I, it, without the injuries and, and being here for multiple years, you never know. Colin Hill could have been a good quarterback. The
1: hate the hate Colin Hill got was pretty unwarranted, I think. And I think Mike Yuva did a great job of addressing that. So anybody that's being a Colin Hill hater, just go watch Mike Yuva's video on it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with it. And then Adam Prentice, who I, I kind of forgot about just being a fullback. I mean, I thought he was pretty decent for us this year. wasn't used a whole lot. But uh, he'll he'll also go to the Cowboys as an undrafted free agent. Of those guys, I feel like Sedarius Hutcherson's probably the only one that ends up getting a roster spot. Um, the I mean, the, he might the, not
1: even either being an undraft yeah. getting a spot as and an undrafted free agent too. is
0: tough. Right, and it, you know the Bucks are a really good team, so he'll land on his feet somewhere. I, I imagine he's a good enough player to get in there. But that that kind of wraps up the Gamecocks in the NFL draft. Um, I'll hop in here on Homer Alerts and uh, talk about the Bills. And I, Last week, I talked about how the Bills were in love with Travis Etienne and how I just absolutely hated it. Well, I was, I was very happy to see Jacksonville just waste their 25th pick on <laughs> Trevor Lawrence's teammate, Travis Etienne, and I'm very happy that he was not drafted in the first round by the Bills. The Bills are a good team. They're not good enough to draft and, uh, in my mind not a first round draft pick worthy running back with their pick and they ended up taking Gregory Russo who while I think a risky pick as he, he didn't um, play this past season but uh last season 15 and a half sacks in 2019 for Miami. Now It's a lot of sacks. Part of that, you know, he might have just it might have just been because Jalen phillips was on the other side so first of all miami having two first round defensive ends that's crazy but um 15 and a half stacks in 29 the 2019 season that's uh, what did Clowney get at his his best not
1: like i don't know much. if it's a
0: fair comparison Clowney sc-
1: got double and triple teams so much I, his stats were never like his that sophomore impressive. year, he, his
0: stat, his stats were, were really good. I'm pretty sure he set like a school record for sacks in a season. But I don't think. But he could was have even and had and more half. than that. He yeah, just, I, right. Yeah. But either way, I think it's a, a good pick. The, the Bills pay their defensive line a ton and haven't had a ton of like great production. So to get a good rookie contract on a guy that has shown that he can be top level talent, I think is is a good pick. And it's not Travis Etienne, so I'm all for it. Uh, past that, not a whole lot of notables. I did notice that Shy Smith uh, went right after the Bills picked some unknown receivers, so I'm pretty salty about that because, <laughs> A, the Bills don't really need receivers, but if they were going to take one, like Shy Smith was right there in the middle of the sixth round. Like, exactly um, what I felt about the sixth round for the Panthers. Yeah, but uh, uh, they did, one thing I they did not address in their draft, which will be interesting to see where it goes, is... The biggest position of need is a cornerback two, in my opinion, for this team. Uh, last year you had freaking old-ass Josh Norman just getting stiff-armed and destroyed in every aspect of the game um, as as just like a guy who had to play a lot. And, you know, obviously Tredavious White, super good all-pro talent on the other side. But uh, defensive backs, I, I believe they only have two returning def- um, corners they have they have good safeties and a good cornerback one, but when you have two returning cornerbacks on your team, like, I don't know what they're going to do at this point. They're they're going to have to to delve pretty deep and and fill those spots. But uh, you know, bolstered the defensive line, added uh, hopefully some decent skill position players. I thought it was an okay draft, so I guess I'm happy with it. When you're like the 30th pick, it's it's not as exciting, but you know. I'll I'll send it over to you. I know you talked a little bit about the two Gamecocks that uh, went to the Panthers, but what did you think about the Panthers draft overall?
1: Uh, I won't spend too much time on it. I think the Panthers had a very good draft overall. It was kind of noted by trades. They had a brand new GM that made, I think, five trades during the draft, which is insane. Uh, it was very interesting. They ended up with 11 picks. I wish they did a little bit more with the O-line. They picked up... Um, what was his name? Brady Christensen from BYU, who's an offensive uh, tackle. Um, so he was really the only key pickup on the offensive line, and that was kind of a, a real weak spot for us. We shored up a lot of our weaknesses, though. We drafted J.C. Horn, of course, to get our, uh, our needed cornerback. We drafted a tight end from Notre Dame to help there because ever since Greg Olson left, we, we haven't really had much there. Took some wide receivers. Uh, which I talked about already. And yeah, the, I think the Panthers improved a lot from this draft. And, um, but that being said, we'll only really see how good the Panthers can be based off of how good Sam Darnold is. And they've decided to, you know, plan the team around him. So uh, this, you never really know. I guess and that, that we'll offensive
0: see. line is, is still a worry for me. Uh, well, hopefully Darnold, can be good enough, but I guess he's used to playing for a horrible offensive line. So you know, maybe that is one perk of, of him getting in there. I mean, statistically, I mean, the, the Panthers'
1: O line was just middle of the pack average, and they didn't really get worse. I guess.
0: So I guess if 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 they're average again, and and I guess Mc, McCaffrey they're, they're hopefully just, can be healthy this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. That, that so like, the, if they're
1: if the line just average and everybody else is good then we'll see. I'm just really interested on how good the defense is last or this year, because last year the defense was uh, just below average when they had the talent to be the worst defense in the league easily. So the defensive coordinator did a great job of, you know, really hiding a lot of the weaknesses they have. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with JC and how and we also picked up AJ Boyer, and really see how it all plays out to see where, how good the Panthers defense can be with a good coach and a lot more talent that has gotten older because, you know, we used every single draft on defense last year. So all of them, uh, are a year older and we got, you know, JC Horn in there now. So I'm really excited to see how that all plays out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, the other guys on the podcast, Tyler, um, has the Ravens picked Rashad Bateman, receiver from Minnesota, and uh, Jason Owe, defensive end from Penn State. Don't know too much about those guys, but uh, I know they Ravens could use some receivers even though they don't pass the ball. So, sure, I guess decent draft there from them. And uh, Austin, I think, was pretty happy with, with the Dolphins. Obviously, getting Jalen Waddle from Alabama. He was
1: pissed they didn't get Jamar Chase.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but to be honest, I I guess we don't really know with Jamar Chase. Like we know he's a good player. We know he's a a top ten draft prospect. But he didn't play last year. I think Waddle is that better than being hurt last year, though? Yeah, I guess. But Waddle, even like even when he was hurt. And he, he was only hurt for, like, half. Like, he came back for the national championship game. But he
1: wasn't really back. I hate that argument. Yeah, it's like, he was no. back for the national championship. It's like, no, he wasn't. He was, like, 50%, but they just put him out there.
0: Yeah. I guess, like, it, it's not like a, a knee injury where, like, you, you, there's so much uncertainty with him coming back. Like, when he was playing, he was really good. And he, he unfortunately, broke his ankle. But bounce back, I don't think that's going to, like, hold him back in any way. And we at least got to see him enough during last year to know that he was, like, he had improved his game a lot. But um, past that, they had one more pick. Uh, Jalen Phillips, again, yeah, another really good that, pick yeah. uh, from Miami. So I, I think he was happy with the draft. I, I'd definitely say they had one of the better drafts. Last mention here for the NFL draft recap. Uh, what, in your opinion, um was the best and worst first round draft pick from this year. I want to see what you got.
1: So best and worst. Um, my best is going to go to the bears for trading up to get Justin Fields after their disaster. That was Trubisky, uh, finally getting up and, uh, you know, I guess Trubisky was also a trade up to get a quarterback. So maybe trading up to get another quarterback isn't, doesn't bode well for Justin Fields, but, um, I think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. I think he will be successful in the NFL. And I think him going all the way down to 11 was a steal for the Bears, who if he had gone higher, there was no chance for the Bears to get him. So I think the Bears did a great job to trade up and get him there uh, and shore up the future of their, uh, their franchise quarterback position. And the worst for me is Travis Etienne to the Jaguars. I have no idea why they picked him there. I think he's overrated. Maybe I'm just an anti-Clemson homer. But also, they already had James Robinson, who's an undrafted free agent, who I, I believe he was a 1,000-yard rusher. If not, he was close, and he was killing it this year. I do not think they needed to waste a first-round draft pick on a running back when they had someone who's already doing well on a rookie contract,
0: only been there for a year. Like Spend it on something else. You guys have a lot of other problems. Yeah. I think I agree with those. I definitely had been a a huge proponent for Justin Fields. Um, I I just thought he was really good and didn't understand why he was dropping. But that kind of leads me to my worst pick. Uh, I'll give this one as an honorable mention as my worst pick because if Mac Jones was selected by the San Francisco 49ers, I think it probably would have been one of the worst picks I'd ever seen. (laughs) Like worse than Danny Dimes when you think about it in my opinion, like that bad, especially when you consider they traded up to get to that position. Trey Lance, I, I still don't think is a great pick, but at least I, I feel like there's upside there. I think that's that's the idea is that he's this this guy that they can mold and turn into a really good quarterback. So there's a chance, but at the same time, I just, I don't get it. Kyle Pitts is a revolutionary talent and went for, you have Justin Fields dropping all the way to eleven. To me, I just didn't get that pick, but easily the worst pick of the draft to me was the Green Bay Packers at 29 going with Eric Stokes when mm-hmm. Elijah Moore, who was a mid-first-round draft pick, who was a position of need, with all this Aaron Rodgers drama going on before, <laughs> and they take a cornerback. I mean, Stokes, probably a decent player. I've, I'm probably a little overrated, in my opinion. I know Georgia's, like, whole defense was really good, so, like... How good this one guy is, I don't know if I buy it, but <laughs> not taking a surefire, really good. Elijah Moore is so good there.
1: too. I had him draft I had him mock to the to the Packers because you know
0: It just made he, too much sense. Ole Miss
1: has just been breeding wide receivers, whether it's uh, AJ Brown or it's Metcalf and now Elijah Moore, like, like what if they they they're all to on this same point to not the same team at the same time, right?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if Moore was on the team at that. Well, I mean, point. they've only if, been out two if, years, right? Yeah, so. if Moore was on the team, it wasn't in the same system because obviously they have Kiffin now, and yeah, they, they run it. a lot, a lot past happy. But like, yeah, the, the the receivers that Ole Miss has put out have done nothing but prove that they're freaking good, and they should, they deserve to go where they are. in the fact that they just didn't take that pick there, like I would have been pretty happy if the Bills took him at 30 as well. I thought there was a chance at it, even though we've we've got a pretty stacked wide receiver room. But all things considered, I thought Stokes was a pretty bad pick. All things like when you look at what, what was available and, and the drama going on. Uh best pick in my mind, uh, I'm gonna go with Devonte Smith. I think this whole narrative that this his size was gonna hold him back. Like he played he was he won the Heisman, for God's sakes. Like I know the NFL is a different deal, but it's like he—he he was so good. Like you want to talk about uh, the NFL? Like J. C. Horn went eighth. The only receiver that I ever saw beat J. C. Horn was Devonte Smith. And you want to talk about him not being like as good as Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle? Ridiculous. I, just, I don't. I think it's ridiculous. I think he's small. There's a chance he could be injury prone. So I. But I just I think the talent there is too good for you to pass on him in those spots. I, I know that was a narrative that got played out weeks of, like weeks heading into that that uh, the draft. But uh, that all thing like I, I had a, a great time watching the draft. Um, I I do think it, it took too long, but that's like a normal. I mean, that's always it goes. They they've got to do it. I mean, they, it's it's a big enough event. Enough people are watching, so there's there's time to talk i would about just like for stuff. less
1: commercials while the panthers are picking that's pretty annoying <laughs> when it's every single time Uh it's that's all that's a whole nother thing but very
0: true but we've spent a, a decent chunk talking about the draft and to to be fair that's is that is mostly what we we're watching because the alternative was watching south carolina baseball this weekend getting swept by ole miss losing 5-1 to one on Friday night, and then losing the doubleheader 7-3 and 6-4. Uh, there's, there's not much to talk about. I mean, in my mind, all three of these games played out how a lot of the Game 1 struggles we've had have played out. Really, it was the bats just not getting it done. When you score eight runs on a weekend against an SEC school with... with pretty good hitting power, you're not going to win the games. And I I, legitimately, I was only able to watch one game and it was the Saturday game one of the doubleheader. I fell asleep. I was so, I mean, I, I couldn't watch the game. It was so boring. We were getting just handled. Ole Miss hit like four home runs in the game and we couldn't hardly get a, a base hit. I think we actually led 1-0 in that game off of Burgess coming back in the lineup. And that was... It it was just a horrible series to watch, and it, it's. I think it's really what we've been afraid of because I think we've seen the highs when it comes to potential, but it was always in the back of our mind, like, our team's not very consistent hitting the ball. We've been carried by our pitching. Our defense is not super athletic, and there's a real chance that they could lose us some games and give up a lot of runs unearned in, in situations like this. We haven't been super good on the road, and we we talked last week about uh, it being a must-win series or whatever. We had this debate, but I, I agree with you. I, I think you needed to. You're against a team that has been ranked in the top ten for a good amount of the year, despite losing a couple series here in the SEC. You couldn't. Get, you just. You went into the series. You could not get swept, and you did. And it wasn't really close.
1: Yeah, I mean, last week. Last week, I Tyler was saying like this is a must-win series, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, I just don't agree with that. Ole Miss is a good team. They've been ranked within the top five this year. I mean, they've dropped off a little, but they're still a very talented team. We're going to play at Ole Miss after they're pissed off that they just lost a couple series in a row. They And they're there with, I don't know if they're at full capacity, but if they're not, it's damn close. And their fans are good getting loud and getting excited. So I knew it was going to be a tough series, but I I just said we cannot get swept because of how momentum based our team is. We just could not get swept here because you know, if, if we just start going on this down downward trajectory again, like after we play Texas and then Vandy, we're going to need to find a game in here that we can uh, get the bats hot and get the momentum rolling again, because it, it's when we're playing bad
0: this team is is not very fun to watch absolutely not uh normally we do our mvps and lvp's to be honest i don't think either of us watched enough or even if we like even if we had like i don't know if there's there's much mvp talk you can have it really the the whole batting order i i think one guy i just i remember that was out the first game that, that hit really well in that Saturday game was Colin Burgess, who I, I mentioned briefly. I thought he was good, but uh, outside of that, it's just not not a very good weekend at all. You you really didn't get any production from your offense. Your starting pitching was not as good as it has been lately. And you know, it's hard to blame anything on the starting pitching. Um, it definitely wasn't their best weekend but also you've it's almost like there's a precedent that's been set like I mean you can't expect them
1: to only give up one or two runs every single time no
0: and i I guess I just assumed they would they would have at least one of those games that they could hold it down but it's also hard to, to say that because we only scored a, a handful of runs and I think game game two was a couple garbage time runs game one i believe we didn't we were down 5-0, and we just scraped yeah, one really out have in the late a innings. In game one. I think game three we had our best chance. We I uh, think West hit a home run and we were up four one and then just didn't score another run in the in the game and ended up losing six four. So overall just a, a, a bad, bad series. We we dropped to eleven and ten in the conference in fourth place in the East. Uh everything's still there for us. Don't get me wrong. I I do think even though we've dropped to nineteen, which is technically out of the the hypothetical um, regional hosting, I think there's certainly still time to move up and, and grab a, a top 16 seed. Based off of the teams that we're going to be playing, if we win
1: some series here, we can definitely move back up in that area.
0: All the goals of going into this season are 100% still there. I think when we talked preseason, making the tournament was the base goal, and we're, we're very likely going to make the tournament. It would have to be an absolute meltdown for us not to. But past that, being a regional host is, is 100% still there. Going 500, honestly, was my goal going into the SEC season. We sit at 11-10 right now. It's 100% still there. I, I think you, even though this is a disappointing weekend, I don't think we can lose hope in this team. We know how good we can be. Uh, this weekend was just as as bad as we can be. So, unfortunately... It doesn't get much easier. It's home versus Mississippi State this weekend, number four in the country. But we play well at home. I, I thought even though we lost 2-3 to Arkansas the week prior to this, I thought we looked a lot better in that series against the number one team in the country. There was a lot just a, a better vibe being at home. And so hopefully we can do that with Mississippi State coming to town this weekend. Um, I think the game tonight, midweek game against North Florida, is postponed till tomorrow. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday, so... By the time this goes out, maybe we may know more about that game, but not too worried about that one. More focused on this this weekend series to see if we can get cracked back into that top sixteen and hopefully get a uh, a tough series win. But uh, the way we play at home, it's definitely possible. And uh, last but not least, we have uh, some quick hits. Uh, really, just this week, just a, a big basically recruiting just recruiting, update. though. Yeah, I, there's there's not much. Noise on, on any other fronts within uh, the Gamecocks. So. But recruiting, big week. Uh, first of all, I guess we'll start with with how they committed chronologically. Braden Davis, a big four-star QB for the 2022 class. Obviously, there's been some turmoil. We want a big-time quarterback in that class. Had Gunnar Stockton for a while, just a supreme talent. And unfortunately, with uh, the staff turnover, we lost him. Uh, to Georgia. And then, you know, we had a couple different guys that looked like they were going to trend here that ended up falling and going somewhere else. I know that one is it Tanner Bailey, I think was his name, went to Oregon after just like us leading for him for a while. But uh, I think Davis is, is going to be a, a really good player. He's got a teammate who's, I believe, an offensive lineman that is set to announce this week as well. Another decently. Uh, recruited guy, so I'm excited for that. But really, just like with the quarterback position, it's the most important position on the field. It's something South Carolina hasn't uh, just had a had a... I think we've recruited pretty well at the position, but it's almost like it hasn't really translated. So uh, Davis is... He's a dual-threat guy. I think he's... I wouldn't call him a project because I, I don't think that... I, to, to be a four-star quarterback you have to have, be pretty damn talented in a lot of aspects but definitely like a in my mind an upside guy i think he can be really good like better than gunner stockton i think gunner stockton's probably just a more polished product right now um but that being said i think a big commit what, what are you thinking about that i'm just happy we were able to get a guy we were really interested at this position after some struggles
1: Yeah, I was really happy to hear about this Uh, after Gunnar Stockton Stockton decommitted. I was pretty nervous about the QB recruit situation just because when your main target like that commits, then you'll usually, you know, you stop really recruiting these other guys that are below. And, um, you know, when he he decommits, that, that can kind of leave you in a really vulnerable spot. But being able to pick up a guy like Braden Davis, who is you know right up there with him maybe not quite as uh highly touted right now but you know he's got another year to play and we can uh hopefully see him develop more and you know he by the time he gets in here he could be a day one starter you never really know with four-star quarterbacks we had an interesting track record with four-star quarterbacks uh and by interesting i mean pretty terrible as of recently um but especially dual threat four-star quarterbacks, but you never know. It all only takes one to turn it all around. Hopefully that can be Luke Doty and he he can just prove to be a stud that, you know, he's capable of being, but you never know. I mean, if you have Braden Davis come in in a couple years and, or in two, one year, um, he can, he can come in and, and show out, but, uh, We'll see. It's definitely the most exciting recruit that we have gotten thus far for the class of 2022.
0: I think the best situation for a guy with Davis's skill set is for Luke Doty to lock down that position for the next couple years and for Davis to be that backup to where he's really learning the system and... Is a much more polished product by the time he's asked to come in. We have been throwing our four-star QBs into the fire
1: quite a lot recently,
0: and like you don't want to see a situation like we had with Alinsky where he had to get shoved in as a true freshman. Like we, that would be like worse. Or Luke Doty, (laughs) yeah, I think Doty, at least Doty's skill set is a little bit better for that. Like nobody, I don't think any any quarterback, unless they're just a supreme talent, is going to thrive in those type of situations. But I think at least Doty had some aspects that made it more doable. I don't think Davis necessarily fits that bill. I think he's a guy that could learn from Doty uh, for a couple years and be really good. Um, however, that wasn't the end of it. Uh, this weekend, Tyrese Ross, a transfer safety in the 2021 class from Washington State. So I believe that's like our eighth transfer from the 2021 class. So... Uh, position of need, a hundred percent. Like I, I hope this guy comes in and he's immediately a starter, because defensive back room is super limited right now. It wasn't, it wasn't that good last year, especially when you considered our safeties and with the losses of guys like Horn and makwamu and uh, are the guys that we've had transfer out as well. I, I, if this guy's good and he can be a starter, I think he could help us a lot. Uh, Redshirt junior, so. He's at least got two more years to play. Um, I don't really know where this... I guess I, I maybe haven't done enough research to understand how we added another pick to 2021. Because I, I was under the assumption we were full. But I, I imagine they I either... I how all that They works, either so. anticipate somebody transferring or maybe somebody gray-shirting. I think that adds another counter. I don't really know what the big deal about that is, but I'm sure they can make it work. Like, if the guy's good enough you're going to make it work. So uh, I, I definitely think this could be a big a big play, but you never know. I mean, we've seen plenty of transfer defensive backs come in and never even touch the field. So hard to say, but either way, position of need. Hopefully a guy that can can do some work. And then last but not least, just uh, the most recent, and I think I think just a, a really exciting pick here, was uh, Donovan Westmoreland, a... Some sites say three. Some tight sites say four. Outside linebacker slash defensive end edge seems like he's like an edge rusher for sure, like a guy that could play in some coverage as a linebacker, but is mostly a like a defensive end style player. But uh, a a pretty decent like his his film's pretty good. He's he's got a lot of good reviews, and uh, almost most importantly, a guy that Georgia wanted that was committed to Georgia for the twenty twenty two class that we were able to flip. And so that's a that's a big middle finger to uh, the Georgia program to Will Muschamp, <laughs> and most was always... <laughs> specifically Will
1: Muschamp.
0: <laughs> I mean, Will Muschamp's nickname is literally the Flipper, and we flipped a prospect from Georgia. So thank you for that one, Will. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, just again adding another talented guy at the edge position. It's it's also crazy. Like we had two four star commits. This week, and as much as that shouldn't be like a big surprise, last the 2021 class was just so rough with the coaching switch and everything. I don't like our a four-star commit was extremely hard to come by. Now whether our transfers are like end up being that quality of a player is a different thing because there's not like a star rating for them. But I just think it was a really good week, and then when you consider that the the dead period ends at the end of this month, June 1st. Some big stuff coming. I, I think genuinely that we, we will have a good chance of being a top 25 class. I don't know if I'd sit here and predict it right now, but there's talented guys in the area. I think especially if you can get some momentum on the field. Uh, I know we have a, a weaker early schedule, so if, if you can get some good stuff going, I think there's definitely a chance that you could see Beamer and his crew who have done a good job so far recruiting You can see this team break in and and have a pretty decent class. Yeah,
1: we've definitely uh, started trending back up. Recruiting season's finally uh, starting to pop back up a a bit. Uh, The class of 2022, huge for Shane Beamer. And uh, really getting Braden Davis, I think, is really going to help us start having a lot of those high school guys recruit for us because I think that's a a really big aspect of of recruiting in this day and age is just having uh, people that you play with uh you know whether it's in high school or you know 7 on 7s or wherever else having them you know just say like hey i'm going to south carolina like they've got great facilities like hey come play with me let's go win a championship i think that's a a big part of it and you know having people start early makes a big difference
0: for sure uh a pretty big week up and down week i guess depending on how you look at it this week for the gamecocks but uh an entertaining week nonetheless and uh, some, a big baseball series upcoming. So hopefully some new uh, news on the football front as they exit spring practice. Hopefully some big recruits coming up soon. But that'll, that'll pretty much do it this week. Um, uh, I, anything else you got before we wrap it up? Nope, that's it. Uh, you know, just the two-man
1: podcast this week. We can wrap it up there.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely be uh, hitting you guys up with some some more hypotheticals, some off season talk. Maybe get into some uh, early season predictions here soon as we uh, follow the end of baseball and then really get into that summer dead period. Uh, it's gonna be gonna be a long long summer of uh, no no real big sports action, but we're gonna we're gonna do what we can and get creative and and hopefully put out some good topics to talk about and maybe get some uh, some decent interviews in. Cause uh, I know we love doing that It's one of our, one of the most fun parts of the podcast is just really opening it up uh, to, to new personalities and uh, creative ideas. So uh, we're, we're going to roll on. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode this week. If you don't mind hit us up with a like um, on our a follow on our social medias at soda city sit down and uh, maybe hit us up with a five star review. If you've enjoyed listening to what we've had to say and, uh, just let us know. Hit us up with with anything. Uh, DM us. I, I think hopefully soon we'll have a, a a chance to to make some some merchandise and maybe even have a a big tailgate for the upcoming Gamecock season. So uh, definitely something we're really looking forward to. And uh, hopefully next week we'll we'll have a couple more of the guys back. It's been a busy week, but uh, definitely definitely a fun one with you this week, Clayton. And uh, we'll we'll catch you guys next week for another episode of the Soda City Sit Down. Later.